0: So specifically, what do you want to accomplish? Now, in the realm of raising capital, like, so, okay, step one, I've decided I want to master the skill of raising capital. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome
1: back. another episode of where should i invest with sarah larby and as usual we are talking about real estate investing in canada the best topic to create long-term wealth and freedom i wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update on my flip and so right now we are the end of september so sometimes my podcasts are recorded quite in advance, so you may or may not hear this until there's probably some snow outside, but right now it's actually pretty nice still. Anyways, long story short, I decided that I am going to be keeping the flip that I've been working on with Sarah Eder, and we were looking at selling it, and we actually had it on the market. We had an offer that was actually pretty good, but when we looked at the numbers, and I looked at the taxes, and I looked at the commission and everything like that, I am a big believer of creating long-term wealth and I've actually decided to hang on to it. I bought Sarah out and I have a renter, a nice couple with a kid that will be paying 1650 dollars for it. So I'm really happy with it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to cash flow and it's going to help me to create long-term wealth and it fits really well in my portfolio. And it's funny because I was going to think about selling one of my little houses, the first one that we ever bought, just cause it's old, <laughs> really old. And when I was looking at how much I would pay in taxes, like the difference wasn't even between what I could do if I refinanced it and what comes into my pocket for that. And then what I would make if I sold it, the difference was negligible. Like it really didn't make any sense to get rid of it. And so. We ended up actually renovating that one a little bit and I have it on the market for 1475. I know it's a little high, but like I like to stretch it just to see. And this house is really, really small, guys, but it is in a good area. So I don't know if I'll be able to get 1475. I'd still be happy with $13.50 based on the location right now in Brantford and the size of the house. But hey, you gotta try it and see what happens. So I would prefer to keep that one as well. Maybe we'll sell it in the three, four years, but it's just, it's really hard to let go and sell things if they're making cash flow or they have the opportunity to do that. So hang on to your deals guys, hang on to your properties in 10 years from now, you will have less regrets. And it's not about making quick cash, it's about making long-term wealth. I was at one of the right club events that we organized this past Saturday And Dalia Barsi, my mortgage broker, did a full day training seminar for us. We were about 65, 70 people in the room and she said some really, really enlightening things, but she also said to have two different strategies. And I thought that was really interesting. So she has two different buckets for strategies. And this is something that you guys might want to consider as well. She said that we have one bucket. That is our nest egg strategy. So this is where the buy and hold properties come in, that cash flow, that really long-term properties, the long-term investments. And then the other bucket is an accelerator strategy. So maybe that's flipping, maybe that's a burr, right? You buy, you renovate, you rent out and you refinance. And I mean, obviously you're gonna hold that and put it into your nest egg bucket, but it was really interesting to hear that because... Sometimes we just think of one strategy or sometimes we think of way too many strategies, but to really be able to focus it down on two different buckets and what strategies go into that. And so for me, as an example, my buy and holds go into my nest egg long-term bucket, and then I will do my burrs as my accelerator strategy and then take that money. But the house then gets put into the nest egg. So I thought that was really interesting. If you guys are doing like rent-to-owns as an example, like maybe that's your accelerator strategy and then you still have some buy and holds that are your nest egg strategy. So really cool concept. If you guys want any more information on it, feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her information's on the show notes. So our guest today is the one and only Russell Westcott. And Russell's a husband, a father, a real estate entrepreneur, He's also an author. If you guys go to chapters, you can probably find his books in there. He's an inspirational public speaker and he's a JV Jedi. I love that term. He's done a lot of joint ventures. So if you guys have any questions on that, you can definitely look at his website for more information. And Russell has many, many properties. He's done this for about 16 years. He loves teaching. He loves showing others, helping others to be successful as well and i think that's really really important because a lot of people that are really successful sometimes people think oh that's this person's not going to help me but it's actually the opposite i think in in the real estate game and then you can always come across some different people but in the real estate game people that are successful for the most part and it is a small community they all want to help each other out and i think that is awesome and if you guys are listening and you have experience like help others out because at the end of the day you are not competing with them. You're probably going to at some point work with them, joint venture with them, partner with them on something. So I, I really like that about Russell and he, he's a true giver, a true educator and really looking out to, to be able to provide the most good as possible. And if you guys haven't read Russell's books, pick them up. One of the books is called 97 tips for Canadian real estate investors and joint ventures, the Canadian investors guide to raising money and getting deals done. Really good books and everybody at some point is going to run out of money. So we talk about different steps and different things to do to be able to raise capital successfully. And to be honest, I had like a million other things that I wanted to talk and ask, but time just flies. There's just so much content. He's got so much information. You could probably put 20 of these podcasts together and still not be done. And, and so it was a awesome interview. I really, really enjoyed it. He is also going on tour and speaking in Ontario. He's not from here. So he's from out West originally from Saskatchewan. So if you guys have the opportunity to hear him speak, go and educate yourselves network and hear what he's got to say, because it is definitely coming from somebody who is still actively investing. That's really important. There's a lot of potential speakers out there that may have not done a deal for years, (laughs) but not Russell. He's literally still active this year, purchasing properties and doing deals. So it's really cool. So anyways, guys, I definitely want to say thank you. I saw a couple new reviews on iTunes and I really, really definitely appreciate that you guys take that time to provide some information. And I also want to say thanks to you guys for also reaching out to me and emailing me your questions and what you guys are looking for, what you need. This is a small community as you guys are going to hear us talk about it. We all want to help each other and we all are going to probably cross paths in one way or another the right club theRightClub.com. you guys can actually if you want to come out to my networking events in the evening send me an email i can add you as a guest for the first time that you come and the events we've got two in october again i don't know when this is going to air so it might be gone by then but october 4th october 30th We've got an advanced real estate class that we're doing for all the entire day of the 17th of November. And then we've got another evening event, the 28th of November. So some great opportunities for you guys to network and speak to each other, get to know each other. And they say that you're the average of the five people you hang out with. So why not make one or two of those people some successful investors or people with, with the same passions as you. Anyways, I want to read a couple of these ratings and reviews. And one is from Jared five, 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 who says Sarah's show keeps improving as she hosts a wide range of guests that cover a broad range of topics in real estate investing. The podcast is a must for new investors to educate themselves on the many pitfalls beginners find themselves in during the early stages of buying and managing income properties. Keep up the good work, Sarah. Thank you, Jared. Um, and then we've got sweet berry wine cafe and she says great show with great content for canadians a lot of podcasts focus on larger cities would love to hear from someone in real estate from a small town perspective are they investing in their respective towns or looking to the nearest big city great question some content for those trying to get into real estate but living in the areas with a population less than ten thousand. keep up the great work that's a great question if you guys are living in a small town i'd love to hear from you reach out to me Sarah at sarahlarby.com, or you can just go to my website, and go to the contact me page, which is sarahlarby.com. One more thing, I almost forgot. Really awesome news! Donna and Keith got their first investment property. So these are students of mine that have been looking for, you know, probably a good three months. We've been looking for the right deal together, and they are closing on their first property in just about two weeks now and uh, they've got some great tenants already lined up, which they're going to be paying a good uh, chunk of money to be able to cover and still cash flow. So they've got their first cash flowing property. Yay. Good job, Keith and Donna. So really, really exciting. This is like the stuff that I love to hear about the things that make me so happy is when people are getting into the game and, are going to completely be able to change their lives and in five years from now they're going to look back and they are going to be so happy that they pulled the trigger and decided to actually take action anyways so that is really really good news i was so happy that they found this awesome house and also were able to use their tenants for their viewings to be able to bring some tenants through and they have an amazing family moving in so super excited for them cool all right so we will get on with our show with russell and if you guys have any questions you know where to reach out awesome welcome russell to the show where shine vest. really excited to have you on today
0: hey sarah how are you good you know good to quote unquote see you i know
1: it's uh well, hear you and, and have a conversation. Absolutely. It is so much easier to do these podcasts by being able to coordinate on the phone versus meeting in person. I will say that you're able to, or I'm able to speak to a lot of different people from really different provinces, different areas. So and thank you so much for being available for the next 40 minutes. Really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I'm just completely honored. And, and I, I 100% echo this whole technology thing. It's, it's funny, I've been hosting a few. Uh, you know, webinars and online training and I get ready and I have a shower and I put cologne on and I put, you know, you know, get ready. And my wife always teases me. She goes, you know, they can't smell you, you know, (laughs) well, it's part of the process of getting in the zone.
1: You know, that is so important. Even when I feel better and I have my hair done or at least wash my hair, (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but you have this confidence, you feel more confident or you're more, happy it's like the weirdest thing even if nobody sees me it's it's in my head (laughs) the
0: picture if you're posting a picture I had my hair freshly done today so I hope you guys can get the joke so
1: (laughs) yeah no exactly right okay perfect so I wanted to dive right into it and I just want to know how you even got started in the first place and why real estate
0: Well, you know what? Before I do jump into that, what I do want to do is I just I do want to offer just um, some gratitude and gratitude for you, Sarah, for putting together this podcast. You've you've created an incredible place for millennials and people to come to get educated and a a nice, safe environment for inspiration and wonderful things like that. And you know what? Holy moly. Some of your accomplishments at such a young age, founding a group and the properties that you've bought already and a top podcast holy moly, you got a lot of things on the go. So I, first of all, wanted to just congratulate you and acknowledge that before we get rolling here.
1: Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Well, and the reason why I was really doing that is because most people, I I actually find one of the hardest questions ever to answer is tell me about yourself. And sometimes I deflect that because, sometimes uh, the hardest thing for us to do at times is really talk about ourselves and and things like that. And it's just, maybe it's just part of my upbringing of being, growing up in a small town in Saskatchewan where we never did stand out, right? We had a, a little bit of the tall poppy syndrome where you never, ever wanted to venture out too far or don't make yourself bigger than any, than the neighbors. Who do you think you are? You know, are you getting too big for your britches and all those kind of wonderful stories that we hear as kids, but to really start from the evolution for real estate, my journey would have started with one year, I had a wonderful conversation with a quote unquote, my financial planner, who is in essence was a mutual fund salesman. And he referred a book and that wonderful book was rich dad, poor dad. And I imagine a lot of your guests have probably had their start down that whole path down the whole works of Robert Kiyosaki and the rich dad, poor dad, which then led me down the whole conversation around real estate and, you know, it was a perfect natural evolution for me of real estate because, you know, what? i had never bought a place before in my life at that time. I grew up in a mobile home in a trailer park in, in small town, Saskatchewan. And when I bought my first place and the bug bit me, I was a, a renter of a basement suite with a roommate. So it was a perfect natural evolution for me to get involved into real estate. Wow. So,
1: Looking back at so how long ago was it
0: that you started? Well, that was uh, that, you know, I often joke that I've been a real estate investor since the turn of the century. <laughs> yeah, I, the, probably that would have been really right around 99, 2000. I really got the bug uh, pretty hard in 2001. I bought my first place. Uh, my first place that I bought was 12719 122nd Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. And that was in November of uh, 2002. And that was almost 16 years ago. And the last place I bought was less than two months ago. And before we just had the recording of this, I was actually just talking with a business partner of mine in Edmonton, and we were actually talking about building and developing some fourplexes and just some different uh, land development opportunities that have just surfaced in Edmonton as well. So active real estate investor, and in between, there's been so many ups and so many downs, and I've learned so many lessons. When you've been doing this for more than 16 years, uh, holy moly, I, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm, and if, if wanted, we can schedule 16 more of these episodes, and mm-hmm. I'd be happy to share them all with you. So. Yeah, I'm sure there's
1: tons of information that we can get. And it's probably the most popular book that people will say, because one of the questions, as you'll hear from the lightning round, is what is your favorite real estate investing book? And I would say 99% of people right now have said Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So if you guys are listening out there and you haven't picked up that book, pick it up and read it, it is completely gonna change your mindset. And it is probably the number one book that's recommended by most investors that are actively doing it. Now, you're still active, which is great, so I think it's really, really important to, to, to take advice and you're the perfect person for that from somebody that's done it, that's been through different real estate cycles, but that's also actively still an investor. And because you're gonna be able to help us understand the actual information, the, the actual things that we need to know of what's happening right now in real time. And, yeah. uh, and so that's going to be some, some really great insights. And so I wanted to ask you, because a lot of investors are seeing that shiny penny syndrome or there is a flip discussion and so they want to do flipping or they want to do rent to own. What's your strategy?
0: Yes. Well, I guess the easiest way to describe it is I actually have two strategies right now. I have a making money strategy and I have a holding wealth strategy. I live in a suburb of Vancouver, just outside in Coquitlam in an area called Burke Mountain and in the lower mainland of BC and the Fraser Valley, there are some opportunities where there's actually some arbitrage opportunities where you can buy unrenovated condos and you can fix them up and you can sell them and you can make some money off them. So that's my making money strategy and then my goal with the money that i make is to take that money and pay off the mortgages of the properties i have in my buy and hold marketplace which is edmonton alberta and i'm also buying and holding new construction properties in edmonton because it's one of those wonderful markets where you you can actually build a house and you can actually get cash flow and you can actually design the house with tenants in mind and you can purpose build it and you can actually get cash flow from a brand new construction and one of the rules just happened within edmonton a rule change happened where they're now allowing that you were able to maybe put a suite into a side-by-side duplex so myself and my business partners we're out scouring for infill lots where there's one bungalow there right now and when we're done with it there's going to be four rental units essentially a fourplex on a place where there's only one bungalow And it's essentially going to be three transactions in one. There's going to be the development, there's going to be the build, and then there's also going to be the hold period after the fact. So a little bit of a a long-winded way of saying I have multiple strategies, but two strategies are make money and hold money. And those are the two.
1: And I think that's important, too. I was actually at an event this weekend that we were doing for the Right Club, and we were talking about how there are two different strategies there is your nest egg and wealth building strategy of properties that you're going to keep for the long term and then there's your accelerator strategy so it sounds like what you're referring to there's an accelerator strategy that could be flips or it could be some burrs or things to get some quicker cash that you can then deploy and put back into your nest egg and your wealth strategy so it's, yeah, and the it's, other,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, the other strategy out here, one of the things there is also a strategy that's in the lower mainland is you can actually buy a, a smaller apartment buildings and you can strata title them and then you can actually renovate them and flip them out and things like that. And there's a wonderful opportunity for doing that, even though the market slowed down, which is actually good news to when you're buying, you, you want a slow market. Mm-hmm. And then just There's always a market to add some value to properties. And if you do good work, people will buy the good work and the value add that you put into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to go back to the shiny penny syndrome, guys, because at the end of the day, there's lots of different ways to make money in real estate. There's lots of different areas that you can do better in certain strategies. But pick one, get really, really good at that, and then pick potentially an accelerator strategy. And then my advice anyways is to just become an expert in a couple strategies, and of course there's gonna be some people that are gonna make money in different strategies, but do what works and hold for the long term. And you mentioned, uh, Russell, cash flow. I'm a big, big believer in cash flow. That's really what you're gonna need to look for in order to build that wealth over time.
0: And two things I'm just going to add there, like, so first of all, Sarah, you're not a millennial, because you just you have a wise and old wisdom about you, the way you're speaking about all these things. So it's it's just, it's it's refreshing to hear. And I'm not painting all millennials with the same brush. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying, it's just, uh, it sounds like you have like 15, 20 years experience under your belt by what some of these things you're talking about. Well, thank you. thing I did want to share was what you just said it just comes to mind very clearly the old Bruce Lee quote is you know make sure you do pick the one thing because as Bruce Lee said I don't fear the person who knows 10,000 kicks who's only done it once I fear the person who knows one kick and practice it 10,000 times
1: absolutely so so you've got a bunch of properties you're still buying properties right now you're still finding deals how are you financing all of this
0: You know, I've got a crazy, crazy, busy life with family and kids and and wife and a dog and and amazing things on the go. And I, I love, at the end of the day, I love to teach and I love to educate. At my core, I love to inspire and educate real estate investors. So that's actually the bulk of my day is actually just coaching and inspiring people to take action. So to answer your question succinctly, I actually let people that are experts do what they do best and they find me properties. And when I say that, it's a network of, I have three realtors in my two markets that I go to that supply me with more properties than I can actually close on. And once you have those kind of relationships, man, you treat them like gold and they treat you like gold because they get paid based upon everything you transact. So it's kind of a very mutual win-win relationship. And so here's the best advice I'd have for people is, rely on experts to do what they do best and then get out of their way and let them just provide you with what you're looking for.
1: Absolutely. So do you work just within realtors or do you also work with wholesalers or somebody else that's going to be able to get a deal under contract that's not a realtor?
0: No, it's investor realtors. And the the key thing is they're actually investors themselves, to the point where one of my realtors in Edmonton, we're now business partners on on a lot of transactions. Cause he's just he's just out, he's beating the street and he's digging up dirt and he's finding new builder relationships. And he's got he's actually building a database with his with one of his with one of our other business partners, the, the database for all the infill lots that can be right with a certain size of property that has the right parking requirements, and they're actually building out that database. Of all the land, and then we're gonna—they're gonna start approaching all those landowners and see if they want to sell. Amazing. So it's just a matter of working with somebody who's—who's who's actually an investor and also somebody who's an, a realtor at the second time. But first and foremost, they're an investor.
1: Absolutely. You probably listened to some of these podcasts before because I do preach that everybody you work with, even your mortgage broker, real estate specific, but investor as much as possible, and definitely your realtors wherever they are. Just make sure that they understand the numbers, the cash flow, what a deal is. And they're not just showing you a house because it looks nice and pretty and has new floors, but they're actually investors themselves. So 100%.
0: And then they 100% believe in the long-term relationship. For example, it's wonderful. You you talk about team. My wife and I got married in Maui, geez, what is it say? Let's say eight, nine years ago. My mortgage broker, my accountant, my realtor, were are all part of my wedding at my wedding party at, at when it came over to the, to the wedding. Right.
1: That's amazing. It's, it's really nice. I just, I bought a flip and I'm refinancing right now and I'm going to keep it. And it's really nice to be able to say, here's the team and go work together. And they all know each other because they're from the industry and they get things done. And then they just kind of tell you when to come and sign and everything is done in the back end. It is amazing to have a team that is investing specific and, into the real estate investors themselves and know each other because you probably know this, but there's not that many real estate investors in general. There's not that many of us. So it is still a small knit group. And it's still a small knit group of mortgage brokers and tax accountants that are really part of the community.
0: Yeah, it's a small community. And you know what, it can be quite honestly that one of the downsides that people don't understand of this, it actually can be quite lonely. And it can be quite when you know, when you're on your own, and you're analyzing lots of properties, and you got a lot of things on the go, it's there is not a lot of people that are out there. And that's why I I wanted to at the beginning offer you a big congratulations of putting together a group that people can come to that feel safe that they can actually share their experiences. And people let's put this way, we need to have more people getting together that understand each other. And that's how it's all going to grow. And that's how you're going to grow as a person.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you about the 10 steps to raising capital because I get a lot of emails from newbies, investors that have a couple properties. At some point, everybody is going to run out of capital. So they're going to run out of capital or they might run out of financing ability. But I wanted to talk about the capital piece because I think you've got a few different points that I would like to have a discussion around to share with others what you've been able to do and what you recommend others to do.
0: Yeah. And the reason why I built all this out right from the very beginning is now that I can look back in 16 years and put funny acronyms and cute, cute acronyms to it. But, but to be honest, right from the very beginning, when I first got started, when I looked at my bank accounts and looked at my bank statements, the largest statement I saw, and this was way before the internet, even the largest statement I saw was my visa bill. And I did not have access to capital. I did not have a lot of money. I didn't have parents that I can go to. I didn't have a lot of these things. So really, the only way I could could have really done it, I'd either give up and quit, which I wasn't going to do, or I had to figure it out. And the path of least resistance at that time was to learn how to raise capital from other people. And there's an entire long story around the light bulb moment came to me with a, on a, on a sorry for using an analogy or using something that many many of your audience might not know, but the answer actually came to me in a cassette tape. So <laughs> there for your audience, a cassette tape is one of those things that has sound and and you can play music from it, and it has these two reels on it. And <laughs> so
1: it's, yes. I actually used I had one. It was uh, no doubt, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. It had, yeah. And, and, and it, it came in the form and you have your big yellow Walkman and your big fuzzy earbuds, or your big fuzzy earphones and stuff like that. And and uh, the answer to really kind of the inception moment for me on that came from a, a presentation from an early mentor of mine named Arlen Dolan, who talked about this concept called uh, joint venturing. And uh, he shared a concept of just, you know, just how to raise the capital from other people, and how to answer the objections, and how to present your deal, and just really it was a, a framework on just how to how to be an, uh, a stand up person that people would want to invest with you. And lo and behold, that was kind of how things started. And that's let's put it this way, that is the only option I had at that time. I only had the option was to figure it out and learn my, learn how to raise capital from other people. So. What I did was I surrounded myself with all the people that were doing it and I would ask them questions and I would just be you know, no different than what you're doing with your podcast and lots of the amazing podcasts out there. Way back in the day, it was like a podcast was we talked on the phone right? and we just <laughs> and I would just ask lots of questions and I would just I wanted to talk to the people that were doing and not actually not just talking about it, but the people that were actually raising the capital and I just wanted to find out their secrets and Lo and behold, I came up with over the years with these 10 steps, what I call the 10 step formula for success for raising capital. And some of them might be really, really simple and self-evident. And I'll share some analogies and some stories as we go along. But these 10 steps, if you actually can apply them to anything, work out as well. They can apply to if you want to get in better shape. They can apply if you want to become a public speaker. They can apply if you want to crush your podcast and grow it or create live events and all these kind of wonderful things so hopefully everybody has a pen and paper and if you're jogging or you're walking your dog or you're driving you know you might want to come back to this part or maybe i can send you this list over sarah and you can put it on your show notes if you like to. but Absolutely, yeah yeah but step number one and this sounds really really simple but it's amazing on how most people actually don't take the first step and the first step is you actually have to decide that you want to master the skill of raising money and As simple as that may sound, not everybody will, some people go, yeah, I definitely decide. Okay, well, but be careful. You have to also, once you make that decision that you want to master the skill, are you willing to put in the time and effort and the work to get there? So just the step number one is you actually have to make a decision. Okay.
1: That's a really good one. And the other thing I want to add with this is that this applies to everything, even just wanting to get into real estate and become an investor, you can decide, but it takes a lot more than just reading books. So it is a great, great first point, and it can apply to so many things. So thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah, and don't get me started. We could actually have an entire <laughs> podcast. I'm actually, I'm actually working on an entire presentation called the Real Estate Education Paradox. And it's very ironic coming from somebody who's written books and somebody who's an educator. But bar none, uh, the best education you will ever have is by actually doing it. Mm -hmm. You can sit and listen to podcasts until you're blue in the face and you can read a book and 10 and you can read 10,000 books. But if you actually don't do anything, you actually don't shoot the puck and take action and actually buy a place. All that education that you got was just wasted. Right. Absolutely. So step number two of that is really what you wanna do is you wanna set a specific goal, okay? So specifically, what do you want to accomplish? Now in the realm of raising capital, like so, okay, step one, I've decided I wanna master the skill of raising capital. Done, check, woohoo, rock and roll, right? Step number two is maybe you want to set a specific goal. A specific goal is okay. By March thirty-first of next year, I want to raise hundred thousand dollars for putting in twenty-two Saint Patrick Street on a up-down suited house, which will generate four hundred and fifty dollars a month net cash flow, and I'm going to raise that from my network of family and friends. Now that's a specific like a smart, goal, right? Like a smart yeah. the acronym. Yes yeah and so what you've you've attached a really specific goal to it okay and that's fun that you can that'll keep it go that'll get you excited fired up right and maybe even taking another step forward of saying and by accomplishing that will Prove to all those naysayers that I can get it done or will be able to help me step one step closer to being able to leave my dead end job, which will help my kids eventually be able to uh, have a college education fund. So established, which is the next part, is that you want to attach some kind of emotion to it, right? You want to attach... of of your why statement, why it's important. And I, I, this is something I just heard recently, which just really just hit me square in the eyeballs here was what price are you willing to pay to do this? So it's one thing to make a decision easy to do, right? What is your goal? Make a really specific, compelling goal, but what price are you willing to pay to do it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true
0: are you willing to invest time and energy? Are you willing to seek out the best of the best? Are you willing to learn from mentors? Are you willing to hire a coach, right? What are those kind of things are you willing to do? And then the next step, so that's step three. So step one is decide. Step two is what do you want specifically? Step three is what price are you willing to pay? Step four is what you wanna do is identify the critical success events, okay? Now, that's a really fancy way of saying what are the dominoes that you need to do? What are the most important things that you need to to identify to become good at or to accomplish? For example, in, in this analogy we're running through, number one thing you need to do is you need to become a person that finds good deals, okay? That's one of the critical success events of raising capital is having a good deal, okay? Another critical success event is being surrounded by people that have capital, okay, that's critical. And then a third critical success event is being able to connect capital to good deals and be the person that's in the between, that's the connector between there. So those are three of the dominoes that you need to become uh, very, very good at. Finding good deals, surrounding yourself with people with capital and being able to connect the dots. Where should I invest? With your host, Sarah Larvey. We'll be right back. hey
1: guys i just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because i wanted to introduce you to dahlia barsoom of streetwise mortgages i am a big believer as you guys probably have heard work with a mortgage broker they are going to help you scale and when i was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property i was going directly to the bank then i hadn't met dahlia yet And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time, and Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she's works with many, many investors, and she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders, and Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives but I've got nine properties now and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis. It was a game changer for me and it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was gonna get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com, or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com, and then just go to the contact section, and you can also call her at one 800 208 208 6255. Thanks for listening and back to the show.
0: Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, I don't have any money. I don't have any ability to finance. What do I need to do? And you mentioned the good deals. If you find a good deal and you are, you know, in some networking events or you have some investors around you, the money comes so much easier.
0: It's funny. I'm going to share a real quick story. As you say that I was uh, having a wonderful interview. So one of the things I've been doing for the last four months is I've been interviewing people. I call it the 100 million dollar club, where I've identified people that have raised more than this group of people has raised more than 100 million dollars, and I'm I'm interviewing them to find out all their secrets. And lo and behold, I identified about 24 people who I wanted to interview, and after about the seventh interview, we're now past 250 million dollars in capital that this group of people has raised. And i'm having a conversation with one uh, gentleman next who uh from one family raised a hundred million dollars and one from one entity so i'm taking my game up to the next level because i have an itch i'm I'm a student at this too I, i want to learn these things from the best of the best and here's what i want to do is i want to share all these things with everybody right i want to stand on a on a park bench and if nobody's standing there i'll talk to the bloody pigeons to to share everything that i know with them because I just love what I'm doing. And I love this because I'm a firm believer in, in what you teach, you also reinforce within yourself as well. So. Absolutely. I 100% agree with
1: you too. Like A lot of people that are looking at potentially becoming investors think that it's competitive, cutthroat piece of, they just have a hard time understanding how we help each other so much. And I was actually in Brantford, I was helping one of my friends find a tenant and then we were going to my properties to find some tenants. And they're like, it was the same people. They're like, oh, I thought you guys were like competing against each other. I'm like, no, we don't do that. Because at some point you're going to all work with one another, whether it's through joint ventures or sharing information. And as much as possible, it's a sharing opportunity. And if you have the ability to teach somebody something, even if you're like, two properties in or three properties in, you're helping someone. And I think it's just going to come full circle. So
0: uh, and you'll um, love step number 10 of the process yeah. this year here. So to just complete, you know, everyone, I know sometimes when I've done podcast episodes and I've never completed the story or something, I get emails all the time. What, what was the finish to that story? So the story, the completion of the story was an interview I was doing with Daniel Borkowski. And he was, he was truly just sitting at a networking event and he had his, an excel spreadsheet in front of him and he was just reviewing his numbers on one of his latest deals and the person was sitting at the table and they just leaned over and says what are you doing Daniel?" and he says oh i'm sitting there just analyzing my latest transaction and on one of the latest deals i'm looking at he goes oh that's fantastic because would you have an extra copy of that he goes well i don't know we'll just take mine right i had his notes on it and all that kind of stuff Um, The next day, the person phoned and said, you know what, I really like that deal you had available. Would I be able to invest with you? And he's going, no, that's not available, but I'll find another one just like that for you. Awesome. So just being having a good deal. So here's somebody who is just analyzing a piece of paper with an Excel spreadsheet in an environment where other people with some capital were that's how he able to get some of his first transactions done that and lo and behold right
1: great story that's awesome Mm -hmm.
0: so remember so if you're taking notes at home everybody the first step was decide the second one was set a specific what do you want goal number three was what price are you willing to pay attach some emotion to it number four is identify those key dominoes those critical success events Step number five is, you know, and this one may sound out there in the woo, 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 woo area, but I'm a firm believer in visualization. Um, you need to visualize what success and also what failure will look like. Like before you go to bed at night, when you get up in the morning, review your goals. Remember that goal you set in step number two? Review that sucker 10 times a day, right? And set triggers every time you get up in the morning. As you review your goals, every time you walk into your office, you have it on your phone that there's a trigger for you to review your goals. Every time three o'clock pops up, pops up a reminder on our gadgets and our devices, review your goals, right? You want to trigger those things. So you visualize what success and also what failure will look like. So both the key things. Then the next one is, um, so step number six is that you want to practice in a safe environment. No different than if you're going out to one of your next, Sarah, one of your next real estate investment uh, group meetings. Go there, bring some deals with you. Sit there with somebody at your table and just say, do you mind if I actually share with you some of the numbers that I have on this latest deal that I'm looking at? And I want you to poke holes in it. I want you to tell me everything. I want you to tell me I'm out to lunch. Tell me I'm, what I'm doing wrong. And let me let me present this to you. So what you're doing is you're practicing in a safe environment which I think is very, very key. And especially, you know, I haven't been to one of your group uh, meetings Sarah, but I'm pretty sure you have a very good networking structure where you have it very safe for people to have these kind of conversations.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's all about helping one another and, and sharing knowledge and information and connecting with others that have different strategies or similar strategies and you want to pick their brain and learn more. So that's the point of networking, right?
0: Then step number seven. So after you've practiced in a safe environment, now step number seven is the one where most people, this is where the rubber meets the road, where you're going to, it's going to be a little bit freaky for you, is you actually have to get out there and you have to measure yourself in the real world. You have to measure your progress. You actually have to talk to somebody outside of the safe confines of of the room. And maybe you have a conversation with Uncle Alan, or maybe you have the conversation with mom and dad, maybe you have the conversation with the person down at the BMW dealership because you've been looking at a BMW for a little while. I I don't know, here's the message is, measure your progress in the real world and don't ever be afraid to to share with people that you're a real estate investor and to what length will you go to have a conversation with somebody about real estate investing, okay? Um, This is where I usually, I have so many funny stories to share here, but the the funniest one I'm going to share with this, and I have a feeling your audience is probably new investors, so maybe you haven't heard some of my really bad stories and bad jokes, but I was delivering a presentation in Toronto at at a, a networking event, and I woke up one morning, and I had a pain in my lower back that was so excruciating, I had no idea what was going on. As a matter of fact, I just couldn't get out of bed, I just couldn't move, so to make a long story short i was passing a kidney stone in toronto at an airport hotel and the paramedic they had to come there to bring an ambulance to take me to hospital to help me get get through this in the back of the ambulance well on my way to the hospital the paramedic asked me so what are you doing in town and take a guess what i started to talk about I actually turned the conversation into a real estate conversation about, yeah, well, I'm just here to share some insights and some research on how people can make money in real estate. Mm -hmm. And so the message of that story is not to really impress you. And also to say that I'm really a weird guy. It's actually really to impress upon you to what length will you go to have a conversation to somebody else about real estate? And more importantly, to what length will you go to be of service to help somebody else, to potentially help them invest in real estate, right? I,
1: I 100% agree. And I want to add, to because I'm a big believer in as much as possible to share what you do because you're going to help somebody or you're, you might inspire somebody to think outside the box and do something different. And even with my Uber drivers, for example, I mean, we started talking, and it turns out he, he just had bought his first investment property, and it was a condo. This was like in June, July, and he didn't even know about this new standard lease because his realtor was not an investor realtor. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, he now knows to, to use the, the proper lease for Ontario, but you can have conversations about things that you enjoy talking about as well with new people that you can connect with, and you might be able to help someone along the way, or you may be able to hear some really awesome stuff that you can apply as a strategy to your real estate investing strategies as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, and I say, and I have a lot of empathy for people of knowing that that's one of the toughest steps to go out and really go into the real world and measure your progress. And, and the reason I have a lot of empathy for that is because I'm as painfully shy and, and introverted a human being as you will ever, ever meet. And trust me when I tell you that that is, and still is to this day, one of the hardest things to do and we can have an entire conversation on just how to get get past that with things but and truly you get past it with training and actually you get past it with step number 8 in the process of surrounding yourself with people that are raising capital right? Not people that are telling you how not to do it, but people who are actually doing it and are willing to share with you. Here's what I'm doing. That's working. Here's, here's something you might want to try. And, and, and they're inspiring you and they're encouraging you as opposed to, they're not the poo pooers. They're the encouragers of things. So, so that's step number eight is that you surround yourself with the people actually doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm step number nine. And then we saw two more steps. I'll I'll just go over those and tell a real quick story on the last one. And then we can, you know, if we want to dive deeper, we can as well. So step number nine is after you've accomplished it. So you've right, you've surrounded yourself, you've measured yourself. And let's say you keep elevating the bar, you set a new goal, right? Let's say you've accomplished that first one. And maybe it took you six months instead of the three months you originally did. That's okay. Okay, then what you do is you then set a new goal and maybe the new next goal is okay i'm going to raise 250,000 in the next nine months to put towards this next property. And this is the next thing, so you set a continually higher bar with that step number nine and then step number 10. Is one of the steps that most people don't do, but, but I think it's one of the most important. And that is what you do is along the way of you doing this journey. I think you need to, not need to, you must. You must share, you must document your journey. And what you need to do is lead and encourage and inspire others to do the exact same. Even though you don't know what you're doing and it might even be your first one and you're falling flat on your face and you've heard no for the 1900th time. I think it is very, very encouraging and very authentic that if you share and document that journey with people, that you inspire others to do the exact same. And you'll be shocked at how many people will come out of it and go, man, I would have been following your story. That is so inspiring. Oh, by the way, I have $75,000. I'd love to invest on your next deal. Please let me know.
1: Yeah, no, these are, these are really great. And the 10 steps, they don't seem that difficult, right? I think it's it, like you broke it down where you're keeping it simple and easy to do. Like now it might be difficult for somebody to, to stick to them, unfortunately, but if, I think if you do and you do them, there's a great probability that you're going to be successful. It's, you know, it's really well broken down. So is there one of those that you had difficulty in the beginning doing?
0: As I mentioned before was, is really the getting out of the safe environment and actually going and talking to people. But, but truly, if, if you really want to talk about it, the first step is sometimes the hardest step. People need to make a decision that this is something they want to master. And it's okay if you don't want to master it, because there's an awful lot of fear. There's a lot of fear around the... I talk to people raising millions of dollars. I talk to people raising hundreds of millions of dollars. I talk to people raising the first Hundred thousand, and no matter what level you're at the whole money conversation is a, has a little bit of fear wrapped around it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and the best uh, you know i could go i have an entire presentation just on overcoming the fear of raising capital and maybe we can save that for another one but i, I do want to offer one best pieces of advice for everyone here is um and i use the analogy of a firefighter what do most people when they see a burning building do Most people, when they see a burning building, at best, they may call 911, but most people will run away Mm -hmm. from a burning building. A person who is equipped, a person who is trained, a person who has the right respirator, person who has the right fire hose, a person who has the right helmet, the the right mask, the right shield, the right fire retardant uh, garment on that, like a firefighter, if they're trained and they've done the reps and they've done the work and they've done the practice, a trained firefighter will actually run into a burning building to save people, okay? So if you actually think about it, if the more work you do and the more reps you do and the more training you do, and if you're properly equipped, Fear can actually be your greatest ally and it can actually inspire you to do things that you wouldn't have been able to do on your own, but you do need to get the training and you need to get the support and you need to get the right equipment in order to overcome the fear of it as well. Absolutely. Some great points. One of the things too
1: that I probably didn't realize in the beginning is how much money there are just sitting in our RSPs earning measly returns. And, I don't know like how many billions that is, but that could be some low-hanging fruit. I mean, you tell me in terms of what you've done deal-wise and joint venture-wise, but is probably a good opportunity for you guys to have those conversations up to maybe some, not necessarily family members, but some people that you know, some friends, and just see what, you know, if they're happy with their returns, their RSPs, their tax-free savings, because there's tons of opportunity to be able to borrow some money for that
0: I'm going to to share a fun story with you. And this story was at an event I was just recently at. Uh, uh, It was a national speaking tour of somebody who was coming through town and I just wanted to go out and see him and I'd met him a few times and wanted to go chat with him and you can probably guess who who I'm talking about he's got really pretty hair and he's 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 on TV and wonderful things like that so I was at this event and I'm just sitting there and a few people recognize a few people. It's such a small community, right? (laughs) You see the same people. So I'm sitting there just answering a whole bunch of questions and just helping people out because I come from a place of service. I always wanna serve. I always wanna provide a lot of value. I wanna help people is my first and foremost goal is always to make sure I'm helping somebody. So I'm just cranking away and answering questions. All of a sudden a group of people start coming around and a group of people start coming around and a a group of people start coming around. And then lo and behold, this one couple comes up and they say, well, where do you find these investors? Where do you find these people? And I said, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, They find me and they go, well, come on, that doesn't make any sense. And I go, okay, well, so we start chatting more and chatting more. You know, lo and behold, after a 20-minute conversation, I found out they have a $2.2 million free and clear house and they are looking to invest in real estate. They're just a little fearful, just not sure where to do it. I gave them a little bit of strategy and a little bit of thought and a little bit of process. And they, at the end of it, they go, well, you know what, maybe we should just invest with you. And then they asked the question, I guess, well, where do you find these people? And I said, okay, first of all, you just found me. And in a half an hour conversation, you're potentially wanting to invest with me. <laughs> right? So if you just show up fully and you show up authentically and you show up providing service and you provide value and help other people, those people will come to you.
1: Absolutely, and I will add as well that your brand, your reputation, integrity, trust, like those are all things that are so important and they take unfortunately sometimes they can get ruined in a one bad deal or something that goes wrong. So I would also say just always put trust, integrity, your work ethic, your just how, how you view things at the forefront because your brand could be ruined in one day, but it takes so long to do it. So always focus on that as well.
0: Yeah, and, and that's part of the coaching. And I this is an entire module I could teach on this too, but I actually use the acronym ALIVE, A-L-I-V-E, which, and that's the, every time I put a presentation together, that's what I try to do is A is authentic and L is likable. I is integrity, V is vulnerable and E is empathetic. If you follow those things, you can actually have a really, really good presentation to help provide value and serve others.
1: Absolutely. And I think people will gravitate towards those people even more so. Absolutely. So because we we only have a few minutes left on the podcast and definitely want to value our time, I'm going to just go ahead and ask you the lightning round questions for the lightning round game. Are you ready?
0: Well, I will try to bring the thunder to the lightning that you bring.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So these are five questions and everybody gets the same five questions. First thought that comes to your mind, you can expand a little bit, but it is lightning. (laughs) So number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever?
0: Well, I would be remiss to say if it wasn't the books that I've written, but I, I'm not going to say that. Actually, the, the best real estate, they're actually, you know, the best real estate book, bar none, Real Estate Investing in Canada by Don R. Campbell.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, great one. What about number two, your favorite podcast?
0: My favorite podcast, I love uh, listening to Mike Dillard, Self-Made Man. Impact Theory is another one that I listen to almost exclusively with Tom Billiou, and and I also listen to an awful lot of uh, Andy Fursella with the, you know, maybe the MF CEO project too.
1: Okay, all right, some different ones that we haven't had commented for on the show yet. Number three, what is your favorite pastime? So what do you do for fun when you're not doing anything real estate related?
0: Oh, try to earn the love of my wife on a daily basis. (laughs) All right.
1: Perfect. Number four, if you lost all your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again?
0: The number one thing I would do would be I would determine who I can help, what value I can provide, and be of service to as many people as possible and give. That would be the first thing I would do.
1: Okay, great. And question number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started... How would you recommend that they spend it?
0: Well, the best investment you will ever make is between your right ear and your left ear. I would, you know, sorry if this sounds biased, but it's my truth is I would invest it into some good quality education, whether it's an educational program, a community or a good coach.
1: Okay, excellent. So that was the lightning round questions. Thank you very much for playing. And where could listeners find you if they wanted to reach out and know more about you?
0: Well, a couple places. The, my home base was uh, russellwestcott.com, and that's where most of my, you know, my thoughts and musings and all my events and things like that's the best place um, for your listeners if they're ever interested. I'm actually hosting some live webinar training programs, and you can find those at jvjedi.com.
1: Okay, perfect. And you travel across the country, and I think you're uh, around the October. November months. You're in the Ontario area.
0: Yes. Looking forward to it. It's almost like I haven't been out there for probably about three or four years. So I'm actually looking to a reunion tour almost.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So Russell, any final words of advice or anything else that you would like to let the listeners know about before we let you go?
0: Well, you know, the bottom line, and I don't want to open up a whole can of worms, but what I do want to share is real estate is a long-term game. There are ups, there are downs, and some people are just getting started. Sometimes you might just get sit there and go, yeah, all I ever hear is the ups and the ups and everything's wonderful and everything's, you know, all sunshine and unicorns and all kind of wonderful and those kind of things. There can be some times that can be very challenging times. There can be times that it can feel quite lonely There can also be times where you can absolutely get your new you-know-what handed to you in some transactions at the same time. The biggest thing I would tell people, which I would say is a skill that and a superpower, is the ability to just keep showing up. If you keep showing up at your highest and best self, you will... Always make it through whatever comes at you. And the ones that will succeed in this game are the ones that keep showing up and the ones that keep showing up for the longest period of time. And lo and behold, in 20 years from now, they'll be calling you an overnight success.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for all of your insights, all of your advice and being on Where Should I Invest? Appreciate it.
0: Hey, Sarah, I am truly honored. Thank you. And you know what? I could do this all day long because I, as my, my wife tells me, I have a face for radio. So this audio only, (laughs) so I'm good to go with
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I'm sure we'll, uh, we could keep talking and talking and talking for hours, but it was a pleasure to have you on and I'll definitely be trying to come out to some of your events throughout the province. Right on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven actionable repeatable system i didn't have that and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself learning listening and looking for ways that work and also most importantly discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again fast forward to today i now have a proven repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program It's called RISE and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster.